everyone. It is Kimberly here. It is such a privilege. It is so good to be with you guys this morning, wherever you are. I know I can't see you, which I don't really like, but you can see me which I also don't really like, but you know what? This is awesome to be with you. I, um, I'm really excited because I get to wrap up a series that we've been doing as a church for the last two months called Level Up. We've been looking at strategies and tools uh, that God has for us to get to the next stage in our life, to graduate to the next level. And today, today, I get to talk about offense offense. How many people out there have ever been offended? How many people have already been offended today? I'm telling you, if you have driven anywhere, which I have, if you have a spouse, also have, and if you've checked social media, there is a good chance that you have already been offended. And yet, I don't think anyone wakes up the morning and thinks, you know, hmm, I fully intend on being offended by something today. But the Bible says pretty clearly that offense is going to come. Jesus himself said in Luke 17:1 that it is impossible, but that offenses will come. So if avoiding offense isn't really an option, the key is looking at how to respond to offenses. And that is what will determine our destiny. Right, we can't control what we are handed, but we can control how we are going to respond. So with that said, for all you at-home note-takers, and this is a note-taker's message, my title for the morning is Untrap Yourself. Untrap Yourself. All right, so just to make sure we're all on the same page, what exactly are we talking about when it comes to offense? And by definition, to take offense is to become upset or angry by something that another person has said or done. To experience emotional pain due to someone's actions or inaction. I think it was the Merriam-Webster Dictionary that referred to offense as um, outrage of the moral senses. I love that, outrage of the moral senses. Right? When we are offended, it's because there has been a breach or a violation of what we think is right, of the rules. So offense is the action, and being offended is how we respond to that action. So offense is something that is um, out of our control, out of our hands, but being offended is a decision within our control. And I don't have to tell you that pretty much anyone can offend us, from our spouses, children, neighbors, strangers, God forbid your pastors. You know, at times we may even feel like God has offended us. In the Bible, Jesus was actually known to offend people on occasion. And I don't know what kind of thing offends you. You know, for me, when you took that jab at my husband, that offended me. You know, I, I, uh, my sister, she got married last year, and I went to get some professional makeup, and they handed me the anti-aging foundation. I was like, I don't need that. I am offended by this. You know, maybe when uh, you're like, can, can you please pick up the bill this time at the restaurant? I got it the last three times, and now you're offended. Right? Offense can be all kinds of things when the rules were breached and our moral senses are outraged. Now, there are three types of offenses that I think generally, not exclusively, but generally sum them up. And my first challenge for you this morning is to see if you can identify an offense in one of these categories that you are struggling with right now. Okay, ready? Number one, the offense of pride. 
the offense of pride. Sometimes people get offended because their pride has taken a hit. So that's when someone maybe gets a raise or a promotion that you felt you deserved. When someone gets credit for something you did. Oh, I hate that one. You know, maybe, maybe an ex moves on just a little bit too fast. You know, the offense of pride, it probably doesn't actually practically affect our lives very much. But it sure doesn't feel that way because our pride has taken a hit and now our ego is offended. Number two, the offense of entitlement. In every relationship, there are unspoken expectations. In every relationship, we believe that there is something the other person should do or should not do. And that does not always happen. And unmet expectations, unexpressed expectations, are the breeding ground for offense. Hello, Valentine's Day. And the truth is that it's usually the person closest to you that offends you the deepest, whether a best friend or a family member or a spouse. And that's because with the people close to you, your expectations are higher. So the closer the relationship, the more opportunity there is for intimacy, but also the more opportunity there is for offense. And finally, there's the offense of injury. And this is when someone does something that adversely impacts your life. And this could be physical or emotional, but it involves real pain. You know, maybe someone shamed you or betrayed you. Maybe there was like a violation of some sort. But this pain is real. And for some of you, you've been carrying um, pain caused from offense for a long time. Maybe you've just learned how to tolerate it or function with it. But as we know, deep wounds don't always heal overnight. And if they're not treated properly, they don't always heal at all. And so I don't know if you could see yourself or recognize the situation in one of those categories. But I do know that no matter how big or small, how severe or minor, when an offense comes your way, it needs to be dealt with. Paul, who was an early Christian influencer in our faith, he prayed in Philippians 1.10 for us, for people in the church, and he prayed that we would be without offense until the day of Christ, that we would live our whole lives not carrying any offense. But why is that? If one of those things happened, why can't I just stay ticked off for a little bit? It seems justifiable. Well, that's because offense is a trap. Offense is a trap. Check this out. Matthew 24, 10 to 12. Jesus is describing what the world will look like during the last days on earth. And one of the things he says is that many will take offense and they'll betray one another and hate one another. And in my study this week, as I was digging deeper, I discovered that the word for offense that Jesus used was the Greek word scandalon, scandalon. And it literally means trap or snare. In fact, even more specifically, the word scandalon refers to the part of the trap where the bait is attached. Right? Jesus is saying that people are going to get trapped in offense. An offense is like akin to bait that is going to cause people to hate one another and uh, betray one another. He's warning that one of the reasons that relationships will break down and fail is because people will continually find themselves trapped in offense. And that analogy rings true to me because sometimes I feel like the devil knows exactly what pushes my button. Like the same bait works on me every time. I get offended by the same thing time and time again. But if you think about it, that makes sense because that's how bait works. Right? Bait isn't effective on someone 
who's not attracted to it. Uh, in the Olson household, not that long ago, uh, we got mice for the first time in Vernon. Got to experience mice in the house. And uh, so out came the mouse traps, much to my children's uh, dismay, but out came the mouse traps. And uh, as I was going about my business, doing laundry or whatever, I could look at those mouse traps and I could pretty easily identify them as a trap. Right? Even if I was really hungry, I was not going to go get that mouse trap and try and get out the cheese or, or get the peanut butter off of it because I know that it's a trap and it's going to cause me harm. But the bait and the traps that work on me, they aren't so obvious. And so my next challenge for you this morning is to think about what bait works on you. Which offense is always catching you up? Is it a religious offense? Is it um, do political things offend you all the time? Is it something to do with unmet expectations? And even if the bait that works on you seems insignificant or a really big deal, if we have gotten caught in the trap of offense and we don't proactively get out of it, it's only going to cause damage to our lives. And why is that? Because the trap of offense keeps us from progressing. The trap of offense keeps us from progressing. And I think this can be hard to recognize sometimes because you can still be moving but not actually going anywhere. You can still be moving but not progressing in your life. And offense actually arrests progress until it's removed. Galatians 5.7, oh, I love this. It says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Right? Who cut in on you and stopped you from living the way God has called you to live? Because now that we are followers of Christ, when we follow Jesus, we were not designed to run in circles or to go nowhere, but we have a mission to accomplish. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every weight and let us run with endurance. And so if you have found yourself trapped in a fence and not going anywhere, you've got to get out of that thing. Not because what happened to you didn't matter, but because what God has ahead for you matters even more. And then the trap of offense is a distraction. The trap of offense is also a distraction. 1 Corinthians 7.5, Paul is talking to the church, and he is saying again, I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you, but I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. If we stare at an offense too long, if we rehearse that thing over and over in our head, we are going to get distracted and we are going to miss what is really important. I don't know if any of you have ever been um, at a break on work, or for me, it happened a lot when my kids were a little bit younger and they finally took a nap, and I had a break, and I had something I'd planned to do at that time, you know, usually like devotions or exercising or something like that, but then I decided quickly just to quickly check my phone. And a few scrolls and a few clicks later, suddenly my break is gone and I didn't get done what I had intended to accomplish because I got distracted. And that is exactly what offense does, but with our lives. It distracts us from what's important. It gets our eyes off the prize. It distracts us from the goal. And finally, the trap of offense contaminates. The trap of offense contaminates. I wish that when I got offended, it affected only me, but that's not how it works. 
And I know that's not how it works because when someone else is offended, I can feel it affecting me. In Proverbs 18, 19, it says that a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. You can tell when someone's offended. You can hear it in the tone of the voice, their demeanor. You can kind of feel it in the way they talk about the events that transpired. Right? You can feel the offense coming from their heart and filtering into the way they talk. And instead of releasing life and love and hope in their conversation, they release bitterness and negativity. And really, there is not much else that I think that can damage the functioning and the health of a local church or community like an offended person can. And that's because it, offense damages connections between people. Right? The Bible, um, it refers to the church as a body, as a body. But when connections between part of the body are damaged, even if it's minor, it causes pain and it causes debilitation and the body doesn't function how it, want, how it should be, how it was designed to. But when the connections are healthy and whole and working properly, we are effective. You know, we are unstoppable. And so I know for me, when it comes to the motivation to get over a fence, not only am I not wanting to limit or hinder the growth in my own life, but I never want to be contributing to the weakening of the church, but always to the strengthening of the body of Christ. So, so far we have looked at what offense is, why we don't want to be trapped in it, and how um, we want to, uh, oh, now we're going to look at how to uh, untrap ourselves. Untrap ourselves. Proverbs 19.11, it says, It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. But I think overlooking an offense is rarely what we do. I know for me, my default is definitely more towards the uh, pity party or the rehearsing the event over and over in my head uh, reaction. But offense must be overcome or it's going to overcome us. And the first thing that we need to do, which may sound simple, but is not always that easy, is to intentionally take the time to recognize offense in ourselves. And sometimes I haven't been able to clearly see this, so I've had to rely on clues or indicators that maybe I've been trapped in offense. For example, um, an indicator that you're still trapped in offense is if you're emotionally charged in some way when you encounter the person who offended you later on. Another clue might be um, when you're in a situation that involves that offense to the other person, you overreact with anger or fear or anxiety disproportionately to the circumstance. That might be a clue that something is off in your heart. And perhaps the most effective way to recognize offense, but one that takes a lot of courage and vulnerability, is to ask someone close to you if they can see where you've been trapped up by offense. Number two, make the choice. Make the choice. Getting over offense is a choice. It's not a feeling. Again, we talked earlier about how an offense is an action that happened out of your control, but being offended is a decision within your control. But you don't have to wait till you feel like it to let it go. Right? We can't always control how we feel, but we can control how we respond. And yeah, we can blame someone else for what they did, but we can't blame someone else for what we allow to develop in our own hearts. We can make the choice. Number three, quicker the better. 
quicker the better. In Matthew 5.25, Jesus talks about settling matters quickly. When you get offended, you got to deal with it quickly. And that doesn't mean don't address it. I mean, hey, Uli, tech guy, uh, I changed the shade of blonde in my hair, and you didn't say anything this morning, and it kind of hurts. So just thought I'd get that out there. All right, so I've dealt with it, and now I've got to drop it. Let's not bring it up again. I've got to drop it, let it go. I once uh, heard uh, being offended compared to getting a hangnail. And if you deal with it quickly, it's not a big deal. But if you just let it stay there, it's going to turn into a big and painful ordeal. And many offenses in our lives, they start small. But if we just leave it, it's going to grow. And it could grow into anger, which could grow into resentment, which could grow into bitterness, which then could grow into hate. And now you've got this whole other mess you've got to deal with. Right? So when we get trapped by offense, as soon as it happens, we've got to shake off that trap before its grip tightens on us. And finally, and most importantly, we've got to fight spiritually. Fight spiritually. 1 Corinthians 10.4, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. In other words, when we are offended, there is a way that our natural or maybe our intuitive selves may want to react. Maybe we are tempted to gossip or go the cold shoulder route or jab back. But then there is a way that God has taught us how to respond. And Romans 12, 21, he teaches us, do not become overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And one practical way that we can start to fight spiritually is to pray for the person who offended us. Matthew 5, 24, Jesus, or 5, 44, Jesus said, pray for anyone who mistreats you. And that's easy for me to say, but extremely difficult to do, especially if this is a new practice in your life. But praying for those who hurt you, who have offended you, will build up strength within you. It will build up the strength to resist offense in the future. It's like spiritual exercise. And for those of you who are into your fitness, I know there's a lot of you out there, it's common knowledge that people who are not in shape are more prone to injury. And when I was reminded of that this week, I started thinking about the people in my life I have known who just seem to go from offense to offense to offense. They always seem trapped up by something. And I wonder if it's because there hasn't been the opportunity or the insight to start um, exercising spiritually the tools that God has given us. Because then there are the other people who, for whatever reason, you can throw anything at them and nothing sticks. They never get trapped by offense. Psalm 119, 165, it says, Great peace are them who love your word, and nothing can offend them. I want that. I want to be that. And if all of this sounds uh, somewhat impossible to you this morning, I would actually encourage you just to go um, back in our series and listen to a series by Pastor Dave called Spiritually Speaking on Doing Life with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift, our greatest asset when it comes to getting out of the trap of offense. Right? It is with him that we can receive the grace and the power to let go and to forgive, even in the most extreme of circumstances. Right? God wants to help us level up. Philippians 2.13 says that it is for God who works in you, both to will and work in you, for his good pleasure. 
right? He loves helping us out. He's not asking us to overcome evil with good on our own accord, but if we invite him in, he will empower us to do so. And as followers of Jesus, as followers of Christ, we follow the pattern of Jesus' life. And oh goodness, if there is anyone who was justified enough to be offended, it was Jesus, right? But even when he was on the cross, he didn't, you know, call down vengeance from heaven, but he forgave. He let it go. He didn't let himself get trapped. He handed his pain and his agony over to God the Father. Because you know what? God is going to make everything right one day. And I want to remind you that even if you feel alone, that God has seen where you have been offended. God has seen the offense that was done to you. God knows how you feel. God knows what happened. And he is going to make it all right one day. Right? He, through the cross, through Jesus, took everything, all of that, the pain, the offense, um, the injury caused to you all upon the cross so we could live free and untrapped by offense. And so if we, if offense is a trap and we find ourselves trapped, we have the hope and the promise that Christ is more than capable of setting us free. He is the reason that we can untrap ourselves. Galatians 5.1, that Christ has come to set us free. And right now, I just want to very quickly pray for you. I believe that this morning that there are some people who are going to get released from some offenses that have been growing, that have trapped them up in their lives. Some offenses that maybe have been damaging the connection in a relationship that is actually important to God. And so I just ask God that wherever people are, you will bring to mind the thing, the trap, the bait that is before them. And that you will just give them the strength and the motivation to shake that thing off, to let it go. And that, God, you will release people from the trap of offense right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for your goodness, for your mercy, and the amazing things that you have ahead for everyone who is listening today. In Jesus' name, amen.